tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Ah, well, good morning. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, great opportunity. Uh, someone said, did, did Patsy say bagels? The Rams and bagels? No. No, she said Bengals. I said that, but I said bagels. I don't know if I was thinking about bread today. <laughs> and no, it was no uh, uh, innuendo when uh, God provided a ram to be sacrificed and uh, said, you know, no, Gyro will provide that. So th- there's no intention of that with that unless you're a 49er fan. Yeah, yeah but uh, that was for you too. Uh, Anyways, happy Valentine's weekend, Uh, a time to put into actions our thoughts and our feelings uh, for others and express sweet love. That's why you have on your chair or the chair next to you as you've kind of pulled them in to use them. Uh, You have a chocolate kiss. If you didn't see one, it's going to be really warm when you stand up. Uh, But that's for you. Just a little Valentine blessing for you. Happy Valentine's Day. Just so I love you, we love you, and are glad that you're here. And that we love expressions of love because they show what someone thinks of us, uh, their feelings, their care for us, the the trust that we share, the hope that we have in each other, and the relationship, uh, their faith and belief in us and our faith and belief in them. That's important. Uh, We like to express that. Uh, I know I I found this great... um, card shop in downtown Disney. It's called uh, Pop Lo- uh, Love Pop, and it's it, they have all these cool cards that, look at this. Ooh. I got this one for Christy. It says, I love you. Yeah. There's something to write on here, but it's, it's too steamy to write right now, so I'll just wait, and that's... <clears throat> We're going to celebrate a little bit today and then tomorrow as well, but um, we love to to share our love for each other and encourage each other and because of the hope and the faith we have in each other because faith and belief is key in relationships, yes? Yes. Yeah, belief and faith is also key in a lot of other things. Like, for a, uh, example, the, the teams that are heading towards or at, now at the Super Bowl, getting ready to start, uh, they would not be there if they didn't have faith in themselves. And so they've been growing in their faith and they've been, been hyped up all week long for this amazing event. And, you know, really it's going to be a, hopefully a, a great game like all the playoff games have been. But it's the same with Olympic athletes. They need to, a lot of training mentally. Now, I don't know what, what country that you're actually rooting for, but, you know, I just, uh, I, have my, uh, I have my hat that I'm wearing and, uh, you know, it's all uh, about the country of my origin. And I know that the, the mask uh, requirements are kind of lessening, but just in case I went out and bought a special mask that in case I need one, I've got one and stuff like that. What's funny is in the first gathering we had today, uh, one of our elders' wives, she had had an American flag on hers and she goes, look at what I'm wearing. <laughs> I love that bantering back and forth of that, but it's fun to root for different countries and that. But <clears throat> like we said, is that these Olympic athletes need to go through a lot of training. Now, they go through 30 to 40 hours a week of training and accumulating some tens of thousands of hours before they come to the games. And yes, sleep is critical. And yes, diet is critical. But also, they must stretch and grow in their faith in themselves uh, to believe they can. And uh, what's interesting is that much of the pandemic and the uncertainty of our world 
has affected athletes' faith in themselves. And there's been a lot of struggles, both at the summer games and now at the winter games, of athletes just mentally and the faith in themselves is not there. Faith and belief is important. It's important in relationships, as an athlete, and as we seek to follow Jesus. Now, we've been studying through the Bible book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, and Mark, the author, has been seeking to stretch our faith, our belief in Jesus, uh, of, uh, of conf- in confirming him to be Messiah, the king, the te- not only that, the teacher, the preacher, the Lord, the leader, uh, God himself, who has the power to over evil, over evil and, to, and, and, and to heal and uh, to do the miraculous. Jesus is worthy to follow, to conform to his will and his way, for him to be the highest influence in our life, and we should follow him together, ever growing in our faith, our belief in him. Because faith is like a muscle that needs to be exercised. In our text for this morning, Mark chapter 8, verses 1 to 21, we find three essentials to expanding our faith in Jesus. For the impossible happens when we expand our belief in Jesus. So I'd like for us to explore this passage this morning and see what we can learn to strengthen our faith. But before you do, if you wouldn't mind standing your feet, let's pray and ask God to challenge us this morning. I'm glad you're here. Father God, thank you uh, just for the truth of your word. Lord, as we just sang out the very first part of our service that you are Jaira, uh, the one who provides, for that to engage, we need to actually have faith in that. So Lord, we want to be stretched and challenged in our faith and may something that, that we hear this morning help us increase our faith in you. So use this time, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat, and I encourage you to take out the outline that's in your worship folder. Uh, Fold that over. Uh, There's a place and blanks to to fill out. And And I also encourage you, as Patsy mentioned, there's this connection card that's in there. We really, really, really would love a prayer request from you. Uh, Just write that in there and and drop it in the offering when it's taken later on. I encourage you to do that. But uh, fill in the blanks are there. If you want, uh, out in the lobby area, out these double doors to the left, is our resource center. There's the uh, study guide that's there. In that study guide, it's all the answers to the fill in the blanks. And actually, uh, there's uh, uh, extra verses that I share that are in there. And there's a great study guide that a lot of our life groups use for their time in life group, but also it's a great time of personal study. You can walk through this and, and look, because our hope is that this time in God's word this morning would be a launch pad for you to continue to grow in your faith and then be helped to you. There's a section in our webpage called Revive. And that is, there's a lot of good resources there about the gospel of Mark and different things that we've uh, talked about in, 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 in past Sundays. And there's also a link to our podcast, which we do most every week. And it's kind of expands or sometimes take a rabbit trail with, uh, with uh, this, the text that we're looking at this morning. And so I um, encourage you to check that out. Well, Mark, the, the author of the Gospel of Mark, has been talking about faith. It actually, it started I mean, all through the Gospel, but let me take you back to Mark chapter 6. So if you are in, have your Bible, open it up and open up to Mark chapter 6. In that, Jesus is visiting his hometown of, of Nazareth, and he is uh, um, getting there with his disciples, and he is talking to them, and, and then some interesting things happen in Mark uh, chapter 6. Uh, verse six, it says, and he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. 
His hometown didn't really believe in him. And unbelief is a, a willful choice to ignore the evidence, the wisdom, the teaching, the miracles, and, and rejected Jesus as Lord. And, and he couldn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief, or he wouldn't do. And now if you walk through there, Mark chapter 6, and begin to walk all the way through to, to uh, flip over to Mark chapter 8, you see the disciples went out, and Sam talked about that last week, and they experienced the miraculous. God used them to do miraculous things. In that section of Scripture, there's also the feeding of the 5,000, and it really was more like fifteen or 20,000 because it was, that was 5,000 men, and there's women and children there as well. In that also, Jesus walks on water, and we know it's all Jesus and Peter walks on water. Mark in his gospel doesn't list uh, Peter, but Matthew's account of that does. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Jesus also heals. Actually, when he walks through an area, people just simply touch his garment and they're healed. He has that kind of power, that amazing power. And towards the end of Mark chapter 7, Jesus heals a deaf man, a, a definite sign of Jesus being Messiah. Isaiah chapter 35 is a great poem about what Messiah will be like as, 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 uh, as Isaiah was foretelling of Messiah. And now Mark, in Mark chapter 8, verses 1 to 21, pushes farther with three elements of expanding our faith in Jesus, where the impossible happens when we expand our belief in Jesus. Well, the first of these three essentials of expanding our faith in Jesus is be willing to stretch in faith. So hopefully you're near Mark chapter 8, now verse 1. Let me just read for you that through verse 10. In those days, when a great crowd had gathered, they had nothing to eat. And he, that's Jesus, called his disciples and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint along the way, and some of them have come a far away. And his disciples, verse 4, answered and said, How can we feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do we have? And they said, Seven. And, this is, uh, and he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples and set them before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish, and Having blessed them, he said that they would also should eat before, should set them before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they looked, they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people. And he sent them away. And immediately they got into the boat and his, with his disciples. And they went to the district of Manutha. Now, uh, we're not quite sure where Dalmanutha is. But what we are sure of is that both these people here in this scene and the disciples were willing to be stretched in their faith. See, these people had gathered around Jesus to take in his teaching, but not just for an hour on Sunday, uh, but for three whole days. See, they saw Jesus' teaching as vital, as important, as worthy of the sacrifice to gain them. They demonstrated Faith. Question comes, what is faith? Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 puts it this way. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Biblical faith 
or belief is not a vague hope or an imaginary wishful thinking. Biblical faith is a confident trust in all of who God is. The eternal, all-powerful, infinitely wise, eternally trustworthy God who gives grace and mercy and love. Faith is is a bold confidence that empowers us to live life trusting in God. Like the heroes of faith mentioned in Hebrews chapter 4, all the way through to chapter 40, or verse 40. It's a great study to all these different, they lived by faith and did this by faith and did that by faith. Faith belief is seen in our willingness to follow Jesus, responding to his influence and living life his way. It's a hunger and a willingness to take in Jesus' teaching. And it's important. That's why Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Forever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Our faith is stretched as we take in and rely and apply Jesus' teachings. Now, what's interesting here is the disciples' response to the needs of the crowd. Not a whole lot of faith there, and their faith is about to be stretched. Now, it's assumed that this feeding was after the feeding of the 5,000. Now, there's been some controversy there that says they were really just one feeding, and, uh, and Jesus only did this one time, but you will see in a moment the difference, in, and I challenge you to discover that as we look farther into Mark. But why did the disciples not think if Jesus can feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, why he couldn't do that here? But they looked around and they saw no answer in their surroundings. Yama just pictured Jesus just kind of, what? Because he says, you know, okay, I have compassion on these people. I want them to be fed. And you'd think they would go back to the feeding of the 5,000 and go, oh, yeah, Jesus took those five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000, really somewhere around 20,000 people. Do you think he could do that here? But yet there was none of that there. They, 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 they had no answer. They, they looked around and had no answer in their surroundings, you know, this desolate place. But Jesus was right there. You know, Jesus, the Christ, the one who fed the 5,000, right there. Why was Jesus not the answer? Now, Jesus will push them on that soon, But regardless of the circumstances, should not Jesus change everything? Peter, I mean, Mark uh, talks about Jesus walking on water. Matthew does the same in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. And in that, it's right after the feeding of the 5,000. He tells the disciples to get in the boat. They get in the boat and they begin to row across the the lake. And it's just, and it's all of a sudden the the tempest rages. There's a storm out there. And they, and they're, and here comes Jesus walking on the water. In Mark, it says that he intended to pass by, kind of like, hey guys, how you doing? Struggling at the oars. Hi, I'm walking on water. And, and, but in Matthew, it says that he comes there and, and he begins to say, hey, don't, they think it's a ghost. Ah, it's, it's ghost. And Jesus says, no, no, it's me. It's, it's Jesus. And Peter, you know, I love Peter. Uh, he goes, Lord, if it's you, call me out. Come on out, Peter. 
And Peter does the miraculous. He starts walking on water with his eyes on Jesus. But then what happens? He takes his eyes off Jesus and he, he sinks. Because he began to look at the waves and the storm around him, taking his eyes off Jesus, and he sunk. He was looking more at his circumstances as he went as, when he, than he was at Christ. See, no matter, and, and Jesus says, oh, you have little faith. No matter what the circumstances, Jesus is there. Jesus changes everything. We're to look to him, to trust in him, to stretch our faith and believe he will walk with us. See, when we stretch out with even a little bit of faith, Jesus makes much. He multiplies it like the, like the loaves, the seven loaves to the, to the 4,000 plus people there. He can do the same with our little faith. The mustard seed faith Matthew talks about. Two other things to note about Jesus here. It said that he had compassion on the crowd. Jesus has compassion over us. He cares about our whole being. It's so easy for us to think that we're insignificant. The God of the universe with all the bazillions of people out there, he can't really care about me. But the truth is he does. He knows exactly what you go through. He knows exactly what you think. He knows the hurt and the struggle and the pain and the stuff that you go through. And he cares. And he knows. Yes, even when we mess up, he knows and he still cares. That's Jesus. He's compassionate towards us. And he loves us with a great love that's hard to even grasp. As well, we're satisfied when we take in his teachings and believe in him. After those 4,000 plus people ate, they were satisfied. Not only of the food, but the teaching that, that Jesus gave. We feel an incredible satisfaction in life when we take in and learn and believe in Jesus. We believe we're loved. We believe and find the purpose in his will. We, we find peace that defies human logic and we thrive. Some practical ways to stretch our faith. Serve the Lord. You just had some opportunities up here. Be involved in the global outreach team. Go to Cuba or one of the other, other mission trips that we provide this summer. Stretch out that way. Maybe get involved in a ministry here. Uh, there's all kinds of ways. Being an usher, being on the worship team, kids ministry, student ministries, leading a life group. There's some personal things we can do, like we can maybe stretch out in our giving. Use that faith promise as an opportunity to stretch out with God. Love our neighbors. Tell people about Jesus. Invite them to church. See, the impossible happens when we expand our belief in Jesus. So what could you try? What could you eat, try even this week? Well, if you're brave enough, email me. Say, Mike, I'm going to try this, and I'll pray for you. This, my, my email address is in the worship folder in the bottom of the notes section. I'd love to hear from you. The next of these three essentials of expanding our faith in Jesus is to be aware of unbelief. Look at what happened. They're now in the district of Dalmanutha and the Pharisees show up. Verse 11, the Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? 
Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them and got into the boat again and went to the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread as they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them saying, watch out, be aware of the leaven, that's yeast of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them again, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are you, your hearts hardened? Have you eyes, uh, having eyes that you do not see and having ears you do not hear? And do you not remember? The Pharisees wanted a sign. A sign? Really? What more did they need? Jesus heals the sick. He just fed thousands he cleansed lepers, caused the lame to walk, the blind to see. He restored a man's withered hand. He raised people from the dead, all of which are signs of Messiah. Isaiah 35, I mentioned before, verses five and six says, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. Describing Messiah the Christ, the King, the leader, the Lord of all who will come. Guys, he's right here. And yet they want a sign. Their unbelief, like yeast, leaven in bread that permeates the whole, permeates the whole loaf, so their unbelief permeates their whole life. And they would not trust. They would not have a bold confidence in Jesus, not follow him, not take in his teachings. And like Mark chapter six, verse six, Jesus is flabbergasted. He's amazed at their unbelief. It was so bad that in Nazareth, they wanted to execute him. So did the Pharisees. Unbelief is a self-focus where we choose not to trust in who Jesus is or follow his teachings or not move his direction. Even with the evidence and what the Bible says, it holds us back. Like Jesus, not doing miracles in Nazareth because of their unbelief. Our unbelief holds Jesus back. But the truth is we all face unbelief at times. So what do we do? There, there's a great uh, occurrence in Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 24. The disciples were sent out and they uh, were given permission to uh, cast out unclean demons and, and unclean spirits from people. And so they were surrounding this young boy who was continually flailing him, throwing himself in the fire and in the river and, and, and in the ocean and all of these things. And they, they, they couldn't exercise this demon out of him. And Jesus walks up and the father, the desperate father comes to Jesus and says, if you can, can you heal him? This is Jesus' response. Mark chapter nine, verse 23 and 24. And Jesus said to you, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Unbelief is there. 
And we, our unbelief can be helped as we have ears to hear and eyes to see and we remember. The nation of Israel was one who constantly forgot God's movement in their life. If you recall, they were in 400 years of captivity and Moses, this prophet, takes them out of captivity and takes them into the wilderness and into a new life. Well, they were caught upon the Red Sea. God used Moses and God parted the Red Sea and they walked in the whole Egyptian army was drowned. Miraculously. And if that wasn't enough, as they began to go on their trek in the desert, God provided this incredible pillar of cloud during the day, which was like a, a shade from the sun and also gave them direction as they walked through it. Not only that, that was during the day. At night, he gave them a pillar of fire that not only was light and provide warmth in the cold of the desert, but I'm sure they got out their little, you know, manna mellows and uh, cooked it up and maybe made some s'mores there or they maybe got some quail dogs and, you know, uh, heat them up there and had some great little, you know, tailgate parties there. And it was, it was amazing. And yet they still forgot. God was an ever-present, miraculous presence in their life every day. And they forgot because it's so easy for us to forget. We've had times when we've had great spiritual moments. Remember a time like that? One of those aha moments where you met God and with something in a, in a sermon, in a camp, in a, in a song that you had, and you just felt that sense of God's presence around you, and you felt like, oh, he's with me, or something miraculous happens, a phone call or something, a card or something somebody says, and you're like, whoa, that is a God moment. At that point, God is so real. He still is. God did something miraculous. He still does. And all the stories that's found in scripture are true. They actually happened. We need to hear and to see and to remember and let faith push unbelief away because we're going to experience it. And we need to remember those times, those five loaves and two fish, those seven loaves and feeding thousands, those opportunities of Jesus doing the miraculous. Sure, anxiety and Difficult times and struggles and sickness in the world around us, our own doubts bring in unbelief. We need to be aware, to stretch forward, uh, taking steps of faith to see, to hear, to remember. For the impossible happens when we expand our unbelief, when we expand our belief in Jesus. One more essential of expanding our faith in Jesus is to embrace all of who Jesus is. Let me read verse 18 again and then go through to 21. Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Verse 19, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of broken pieces did you take up? They said 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? Do you not get it? Do you not yet hear and perceive and comprehend that he, Jesus, is the Christ? He's the awesome one, the holy one, Yahweh. He is Jireh. 
the one to follow, the one to place our faith in. If Jesus can feed people, heal people, be more powerful than demons, calm the sea, walk on water, raise the dead, Jesus can. You believe that? Place faith in him and let it grow as we know and experience all of who Jesus is, placing hope and, and, and looking for him for help. He is Jehovah Jireh, God who provides. The question comes down to each of us, who is Jesus to us? And does it line up with scripture? We're to take steps of faith to believe, to believe with time and to serve God, to believe with our resources and give to God, to believe even if we don't understand it all. But our, put our full, bold trust, not in the circumstances, but in the truth of who Jesus is. All of who Jesus is. One of the, my most favorite places of scripture to talk about who Jesus is is Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 15. It says, it says this, that, that he is the image of the invisible God. In other words, that when you look at Jesus, you see God because he is God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Verse 16, for by him, all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or, or all authority. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. That's Jesus Revelation 22, verse 13 says, Jesus says, I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus is the author of life. And we each are part of his story. And so it makes sense to discover our part and to do our best. I love how the gospel of John, Jesus' best friend, talks about his best friend and tells all these great images of who Jesus is. In John chapter 6, verse 35, and then again in 41, 48, and 51, Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the sustainer of life in every way. Not only that, in John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, Jesus is the light of the world, providing direction and understanding in our dark world. And not only that, he provides that comfort. I don't know if you've ever been in the pitch dark and you finally turn on a light, and it just, you feel the comfort because you see clearly because of the light. If you want to see clearly in this world is to flip on the light of Jesus because that way you truly will see. Jesus is also the good shepherd as John 10 verse 11 and verse 14 say, Jesus is our coach, our guide, our leader, and our caregiver. And yes, Jaira, let's believe in Jesus, all of who Jesus is. You see, the impossible happens when we expand our belief in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Believe in Jesus. Believe in his love. Way stronger than any relational love and faith. Great, way stronger than any faith of an athlete. God wants to do the miraculous, to take your seven loaves of whatever you have and to feed thousands. So let's keep growing in faith and be willing to stretch our faith. Be aware of unbelief and embrace all of who Jesus is for the impossible happens 
when we expand our belief in Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father God, I, I just get so inspired the more and more I dwell on who you are and how great and incredible and amazing you are. You are more than enough. And I can find complete satisfaction and peace and joy and fulfillment in life in you. God, may we, we follow you, Jesus, and truly see you for who you are, to truly believe, to place our bold confidence in you. And let's walk through this crazy world. Help us continue to expand our faith in you. And may we know you more and give to you that allegiance and that high, holy place of honor and influence in our life and follow you. Pray this because of you, Jesus. Amen.